Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raya Hope, the talk show and podcast with your hosts, Raya and Leslie, on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. Yes, ma'am. Welcome, everyone. So today's episode is dedicated to my wonderful siblings, uh, Charles White, aka Chuck, Monk White, Eric White, and my sister, Sean Tuff, who is all the way in Los Angeles, California. Love you guys. And also today's episode is gonna be brought to you by She614 Boutique. She, S-H-E, stands for Sassy, Hip, and Empowered. It is a women's clothing boutique in Westerville, Ohio at 13 East College Avenue, Westerville, Ohio 43081. It is ran by Natasha Mix, Adrian Poins wilson Shantae Whitfield-Holt. And you can get a membership, you can host private parties and all of the clothes that are so a percentage of those clothes will go to homeless shelters it will go to feed the needy also for teens in trouble so check out she 614 boutique you can find them at facebook at she 614 instagram at s.h.e.614 and their website is www.sassyhipandempower.com so thank you she 614 thank you and this lovely jacket that i have on comes from their boutique <laughs> Soft, isn't it? <laughs> so on today's episode, Leslie and I are so excited to have our brother from another in the building. His name is Mr. Dana Brock. Welcome, Mr. Brock. Hotep family, what's good? Yes. I am so excited to have Dana in the building. You guys don't understand. When I met him and his beautiful wife, they are the most hardworking, humble, committed, loving, caring, passionate individuals. We have been family ever since we met. And when I heard his Facts. story, I was just like, yeah, this guy's the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, they always say God has his favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Mr. Dana Brock is one of those handpicked by God favorites. Man. So I'm gonna give you your flowers before we find out who Mr. Dana Brock is because this brother right here is the truth. So Dana Brock is a lifelong resident of Columbus, Ohio. He is a current student at Columbus State Community College, woo woo, oh, pursuing his Associates of Arts in Social Work. Wow. Yes, community being near and dear to Dana as a Linden native. He's an advocate for change in the black community. He is a man that wears many hats. For instance, he is the outreach coordinator for Engage Outreach Ministry at Fresh Start Worship. He is a restored citizen who now works at Impact Community Action. He's the founder of his own nonprofit, the Lives Worth Saving Foundation, which I cannot wait to hear more about that. He's a certified family developmental specialist. He's a chemical dependency counseling assistant phase one. And he also works directly in collaboration with other community organizations, such as our foundation, Reyes Raise the Light Foundation. LSERT, Linden Community Engagement Resource Team with Stu Hampton. We are in Linden with Ralph Carter, End Gun Violence with Derek Russell, Lifesavers with Lawndale Towns, Mothers of Murdered Columbus Children with Melissa St. Clair Thomas, and Moms Demand Action with Sheila Blanchard and various other organizations. Welcome, Mr. Dana. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. Oh my God, you are wonderful. I appreciate that. And we're excited. We're honored to have you here because you are a rare gem. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So, who is Stu? Tell us about, uh, excuse me, Dana. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's all right. That's all right. Who I don't is... mind getting confused. I don't mind getting mentioned with uh, my, my fellow brothers yeah. and advocates, and especially the Linda natives. So you know how we do. Yes. yes you yes, work yes. with a lot of them. So who is Dana? Tell us about your story and what brought you to this moment. Uh, well, you know, that's depending on how much time we have, actually. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's quite a long story, but I'm going to sum it up. Uh -huh. uh, I'm going to sum it up. So. Dana Brock is, uh, like I said, a, like you said, a lifelong resident of Columbus, Ohio. But I am uh, the product of a lot of uh, systemic oppression and poverty throughout mm -hmm. yeah. uh, the United States of America. I grew up in a domestic violence household, wow. single family household. Uh, I grew up around a lot of things that a child should not mm -hmm. have to experience, uh, as it pertains to drugs mm -hmm. and violence. Uh, those type of things and so um, with that atmosphere it was almost predestined that my life kind of took the turn that it did and so growing up in that type of environment um, as I continued to uh, grow into a young teenager and, and on through a young man I mean I have had uh, experiences with uh, gang violence being involved in gangs wow. um, being a perpetrator of that violence, uh, growing up to be the monster that I said I never would be, mm. growing up in that domestic violence household, um, and you know, in and out of incarceration, uh, started out of, started off as a drug dealer who became a drug addict, wow. um, and wow. and that whole seventeen years of addiction mm. uh, that cost me so much of my life, so much time of my life that you can't get back, right. you know. One of the things that you cannot replace or that you cannot get back is time. And so uh, every day that I wake up um, in the morning, I try to maximize my time and make sure that I'm getting the most out of it and that I'm using it in the most productive ways, especially in the sense of being a part of the solution now um, in our community, in our cities, uh, in my family, um, and, and things like that. And so, yeah, so it's been quite a journey. And, to where I am at right now um, can only be by the grace of God. Amen. Could only be by the grace of God. One of the things that, uh, one of the scriptures that I live by today is in Proverbs 3 5, which mm -hmm. it says, uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And of course, I'm paraphrasing, but this is just what it means to me when right. I speak yeah. to my Father. Because yeah, yeah. uh, Yahweh has shown me the way. Amen. Uh, and so, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lead not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways. Oh all your ways acknowledge God. Amen. And so what I had to realize about that is that that meant good, bad, and ugly, mm -hmm. right? Good, bad, and ugly that I was worthy of love, Amen. Uh, that I was worthy to be cared for, yes. uh, and that was worthy of another chance. And yes. I, had to, I had to give myself that chance as well because, you know, when you make a lot of mistakes through life, you know, hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. yes. And so when you make a lot of mistakes in life, sometimes you can count yourself out, become your own worst enemy. Right. Uh, which was a lot of my story uh, because I've never met a man that's given me more trouble than myself. Ooh, um, and so mm, there was a lot of deep. there was a lot of internal things that mm. I've had to overcome, uh, and it's still a daily fight, right? We crucify daily to the flesh. We crucify daily to the uh, the behaviors mm -hmm. uh, and the things that unfortunately shaped us. Uh, but one thing that I'm a firm believer of is that as long as you have breath, as long as God has given you the uh, chance to breathe and get up in every morning. That is a chance for you to make a change. Yeah. That is a chance for you to do something different. What that looks like for everyone is different. Right. Um, however, it is about embracing that change and embracing the opportunity uh, to change. Uh, knowing 
where I come from, I'm, I'm glad to say and want everybody listening to know that it's never too late. Right. Yeah. That's one of the things that why that scripture is so near and dear to me because it says in all my ways. And so I had to realize that even when I was in drug addiction, uh, God still loved me. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Even yeah. when I was uh, committing crimes in and out of incarceration, God still loved me. Absolutely. And it was that grace and love and mercy that brought me to this point today where I can now share my story in hopes that it can help somebody else understand that they are worthy too. That's, we appreciate it. That's what's up. I was excited when Rhea uh, said that she booked you because she talked so highly of you. Um, and just as I told Brother Stu, because you know I got to shout him out, I am honored to be in your presence as well. Yeah. Um, it's ironic that the last song we just heard was We Fall Down but we get up. Right. Mm. So you are definitely an example. Yes. I mean, when Rhea was reading all of your accolades, I was like, <laughs> Lord, he needs to show by himself. Like, yes, he do. He? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he needs to be interviewed with us. Um, but tell us the moment um, that Dana woke up mm -hmm. and said, everything that you said you were, mm -hmm. you decided you did not want to be anymore. Right, right. So for me, I can remember it very vividly. Uh, I had lost my grandfather. Uh, he died of lung cancer mm -hmm. uh, at the age of 92, 93. He was, he was up there. And he, he had lived a full life. life. Yeah. yeah, he lived a full life. Uh, but he was someone who I held near and dear. And so when I lost him, I kind of lost it. I was still in my addiction. Mm -hmm. um, and so for when, when he passed, I gave my addiction gave me the excuse to go deeper. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think at that time, I really, I wanted to go too. Yeah. I wanted to go with him. And so, you know, I was, I was, uh, had increased my drug use and was, and had myself in a, in a state of, you know, I, for lack of better terms, just being zombified and thinking like, okay, this is it. I'm going to go too. Um, I found myself, got into an altercation where I, I beat someone up pretty bad and uh, found myself incarcerated again oh, wow. behind an act of wow. violence. And yeah. so, uh, while I was in that jail cell, March 31st of 2017, mm. uh, I remember being on Jackson Pike and I remember being in that shower where nobody probably would ever do what I did because of just what goes on in that shower. But that's another story. <laughs> so I got in that shower, man, and I, and I had realized that here I am again in a position that I said I never wanted to be mm. in. And I look back on my life and realize like this is not the legacy that I want to leave. Mm. Right. And so I got down on my knees. For those of you listening who've been to Jackson Pike, yes, I got down on my knees <laughs> in that shower. And I prayed like I have never prayed before in my life. Probably the most sincere prayer for God to deliver me from Hallelujah. everything that mm. was not of him. And it mm. wasn't one of those hugging the toilet prayers when you're throwing up from a hangover or yeah. one of them now I'm in mm. trouble prayers. Ooh. It was a... God, if you don't do this thing for me right now, it's going to be over for me, prayers. Mm -hmm. And I realized so. that. And instantly, I mean, instantly after, I mean, I cried so hard, I was snotting at the nose and everything. <laughs> and I'm sure the guys out there heard me, but I didn't care. Right. At that time, you know, pride comes before fall. So at that Amen. time, pride went out the door. Mm -hmm. I humbled myself and I gave it to God. I mm -hmm. gave it to God that day Amen. at that Amen. point in time. Amen. And when I came out of that shower, something was different. Mm -hmm. I felt different. I started to think different. I started to talk different and I started to walk different. Wow. So it was in that time and I spent 18 months in ja on Jackson Pike, which is a long time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a life yeah. sentence. Right? <laughs> so I spent 18 months in there and in that 18 months, I made sure that I took the opportunities for any type of anger management, thinking for a change, commitment to change mm. programs, 
going to church every Sunday, reading my Bible, started a Bible study in the cell that I was Ooh. in, mm -hmm. right? And God will show you favor. I, yes, got fav I had favor yes, from the will. deputies who made sure I had extra meals. Yes. They put problem inmates in the cell with me so they can get in touch with God. Mm. Yes. Right? It was just crazy, yes. all of these things that were happening. And I mean, I had, I was in, I told myself I'd never be the oldest guy in the tank. I was the oldest guy in the tank. And I'm in there <laughs> with a bunch of young black men who were on opposite sides of the gangs and everything, was able to sit them down and get them to pray together. And mm. were able to sit down and get them to talk amongst each other. Oh, wow. Squash all beef, we in this together. And we really, really, we really need to realize that this is a together thing. Wow. Right. And so, and at that moment, man, March 31st, 2017, mm. God did a, he did an amazing an thing. An amazing job. That is awesome. He did an amazing That's job. amazing. Awesome. And, and you know, the Bible says, especially in Jeremiah 17, 5, that says the Lord mm -hmm. curses the man who trusts in man and makes the flesh his strength, mm. but whose heart turn away from the Lord. It's mm -hmm. always important to remember, like you said, you got to cry out to the Lord. That's it. For that change and leslie and i talked about transition mm -hmm. last week where you get tired mm -hmm. of old ways yes and when you get tired of those old ways and you cry out to the lord he's just waiting on us that's yeah. it he's <laughs> waiting on us he's, yeah. he already yeah. know because he sees our future but he already yeah. knows he's mm -hmm. waiting on us in that moment that you surrendered and said lord Ooh. i'm ready yes mm -hmm. That was instrumental. That was yes. it. And, and he was preparing you again for this moment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Living proof. And we're so glad to have you here. And make this story right here. You know, a lot of times women look to men for inspiration, but it, it, it takes a man that can lead and be vulnerable and share his truth. Yes. And so we appreciate you sharing with us because men and women can learn from your story. Because absolutely. there's so many women that's going through that type of trauma and pain and you know and thank you so much for sharing that so with men's mental health mm -hmm. and support that you needed mm -hmm. we know that you cried out to god we know that you prayed but what other resources and services were instrumental in helping you walk through that that purpose and that pain right so for for me like i was talking about while i was incarcerated and i'm, and I'm just going to say this that uh you know, when I talked about growing up in a, in a domestic violence household, mm -hmm. I also became a perpetrator of domestic violence. Okay. So I grew up in that era where, you know, music had started to change, where women were being disrespected, mm -hmm. as objects and things like that. And as a young black man who was misguided, I gravitated to that. Right. Right. And so, you know, I was... In hindsight, looking back, and I can say this now, in, in all you know, altruism, that I was misogynistic. I mm. was, you know, and, and those things, and and this is how God's work. So, so the whole time I was incarcerated, the people who were in charge of these programs that I took place in to help me grow and become a man were all women. Mm. Wow! And so God used God instrumentally. Yes. Mm. Used these women. Yeah. To help me see. The man and the purpose that of the man that God had created, right? Yes. You know, my mom had always taught me to be mm -hmm. respectful, and to my mom, I had always been respectful, but my behavior wasn't mm -hmm. reflective of that, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, so I knew how to be a gentleman, but I had embraced being ignorant. Yeah. And in in in, in that ignorance, you know, I'm saying I went down that dark path. But these women were very instrumental in my mental, emotional. Mm. growth okay. uh, and through those programs and through those trainings again like thinking for a change how to be a responsible father mm -hmm. uh, the anger management all of these all of these programs that I participated in 
were facilitated by women. Wow. Right? And then, and then at the moment when I was about to be released, it was either go to a program or go do six years in prison. And by that time, I think I was 42 years old. And six oh. years in prison is, is, is yeah. that's extensive oh at 42. Yeah. Right? And so because of my violent past, you know, I was being rejected by program after program after program after program and this one last program called the Bell Center, which was a cognitive behavioral therapy okay. program, yes. uh, was the only place that was willing to take me because every other place had seen my history was like, nah, he's too risky, he's okay. too risky. And and I'm going to shout her out right now, Sister Hazel yes. uh, Comer from the Bell Center, who now works at the House of Hope. I absolutely love her. She is my guardian angel because yeah. she answered that phone. And when they told her about me, she said, oh, he think he a tough guy. Send him here. We got something for him. Right? <laughs> and so that program, that program, that <laughs> program right. abs absolutely yeah. had something for me. And, and another thing that I love about God is how he sets you up. Mm -hmm. So this program was was uh, put together in place with an Afrocentric modality, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. so, so it important. taught me, it, it not only was it teaching me about how to behave, correct my behaviors, hold myself accountable for mm -hmm. my behaviors, uh, but it was also teaching me about me as, yes. a, as a black man, black man. <laughs> and what that meant, mm -hmm. right? And so, so and, and these black women mm -hmm. who were very instrumental in that, Sister Denise as well, I, I can't, I'll be remiss to not mention, <laughs> mention Sister Denise Richards, they helped me so much to grow. Um, and so, you know, it's important that men uh, remember that it's okay to not be okay. Yes. And that it's okay to be vulnerable, mm -hmm. even around women, especially our black women, because yeah. we need each other. Yes. And we got to get back to that dynamic that was stripped from us so long right. ago. Mm -hmm. Right. And we can only do that together. It's a collaboration, yeah, not a competition. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and just kind of keeping where we are right now, um, when you bring up the woman factor, mm -hmm. you know, um, we as women, tend to be very nurturing, Absolutely. right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as a wife, as a, you know, girlfriend or just somebody that has a guy friend, mm -hmm. you know, it's hard for us to see those three categories go through something right. and not really know and understand what our role is while you're going through it. Right. right? So as a woman, what would you say to women um, given your history and everything you've gone through right mm -hmm. what is it that if a woman is dealing with somebody that has your history can right. do to support somebody that's going through those kind of things right well i would almost say that that's a question for my wife <laughs> and shout and out I, to miss erica yes, hey, hey, yes hey. she is in the building yes absolutely in the building. and she has been my biggest supporter mm -hmm. uh my biggest cheerleader my biggest you know she is my rock right um and after everything that i've told you all about you know me and my past when it comes to women i just i have a wife now right and that's something to for me yeah. that that's a that's something that you know that was another one of those things that i never thought i was worthy or deserving of and so yeah. shout out to my wife erica brock who has who has been my rock Shout out, um, Erica. Shout out Erica. Let's bring Erica in and let her tell. So what was it like for you? So we're going to bring on Miss Erica Brock. We love you. love you too. And thank you for loving him through all his faults and mm -hmm. his processes and transition. But we just wanted to hear from you, bring you in because you're valuable Absolutely. to what God is doing in his life. So how was it for you? And thank you guys so much for allowing me to be a part of your journey with the engagement and the wedding. God bless you. But Erica, tell us about how it was for you. So when I first met Dana, um, 
Can you talk to me? Oh, yeah. can you hear me now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. When I uh, first met Dana, um, we talked on the phone, and I would say in the first 10 minutes, he told me his entire life story, wow. right? And coming from previous hurt, you know, um, it was just so refreshing to yeah. hear everything, the truth, good, bad, the ugly, you know, and it created something that I didn't know could ever be. And we just made a connection. Um, We have been the best friends, you know, best friends from day one we started, you know, and when he talks about his past and what he's been through and all the things that he's overcome, I don't see that person because he's not that way with me. Mm-hmm. His drug addiction, um, his domestic, mm-hmm. you know, violence with you know past relationships and things like that. I don't see any of those things mm-hmm. with him. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's just a whole different person, you yeah. know. So I celebrate him, you know, any time that I can when he is doing things like this because it just makes me so happy to see who he is because I don't know the other person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just so refreshing to be in a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he gets me together just like I get him together. Like he's my rock and everything. So it's very refreshing. Yeah, I think God was preparing him and setting him up for the day that he could come into your life and, and you guys could bless each other and I must say that when I see you guys together I know that he's a protector oh yes and he loves you like nobody else mm-hmm. I mean it he exudes love for Erica <laughs> and, and God had to prepare him for this moment because yes. you guys both you deserved a man yes. that was God-fearing and mm-hmm. loving and, and he deserved a woman that was going to do the same in return so god bless you guys and that just shows you how much men and women can come together and help each other through their healing process and you know what it takes for men to be men first corinthians 16 13 through 14 said be watchful and stand firm in faith and act like a man and it says be strong and let all that you do in love so thank you so much for that, Dana. Absolutely. And it's, you know, you said something about the way that you were brought up um, kind of led you down that path, you know, the music that you listen to and things like that. So from a mental health standpoint, you know, more men that live in poverty or households where there is domestic violence or drugs or you know, the things that we see on TV, they are more privy to having mental health issues. Yes. But as black men, it's dehumanized. Um, because you know, we become mistrustful from the things we see on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, you know, when you come on and you share your story and you're transparent and you're vulnerable, yes. that helps with the mental health of so many other black men in our community. Absolutely. Mental health is a real thing in the black community. Absolutely. Let's remove the stigma. Let's be transparent. Let's tell our truths. Let's tell our stories, and let's help each other. Thank you so much for that. Absolutely. And if I can yeah. just add to that real quick, as, as as a black man, I want to let other black men know that it is okay to cry. Yes. It is okay to not be okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. That does not make you less of a man. Mm-hmm. You had said something about act like a man, and in the black community, acting like a man used to be how many cars you had, how many women you had, how much money you had. But I'm here to tell you that that's wrong. Right. That's mis- misinformation, a lie straight from the pit. Don't believe it. Don't believe okay? It. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to cry. And it's okay to be vulnerable with your woman because she can help you if you allow her to. Mm-hmm. 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 
Okay. Over shortly, can you tell us about um, the Lives Worth Saving Foundation and what you guys do here in Columbus, Ohio? Absolutely. So the Lives Worth Saving Foundation is still in the up and coming process of an okay. actual functional nonprofit organization. Okay. Uh, but the Lives Worth Saving Foundation was stemmed from uh, what I told you about the Bell Center and how it is a it was a co cognitive behavioral therapy program. Okay. Uh, that was about men holding each other accountable. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something as black men that we need to do. Yes. Uh, we got a lot going on in our community and we have to take accountability for it. So the Lives Worth Saving Foundation came from when a, in the Bell Center program, when a man caught another man acting out in street behaviors or acting out in his old ways, he was pulled up, mm -hmm. uh, had to listen to what was being told to him about how he was behaving and then his only response to that person can be, thank you for saving my life. Mm. And then the other person would say a life worth saving. Ooh. Right. Mm -hmm. And so from that, mm. because the Bell Center is no longer, uh, but it was so very instrumental in my life that I want to pick up, pick some of that back up and yes. carry it on because I believe it can help save other lives. Mm. And so the Lives Worth Saving Foundation uh, is, a, is a program, an educational foundation that is, you know, um, designed to educate, equip, and empower individuals returning to society from incarceration or recovery mm -hmm. uh, through engagement, training, networking, and resources. Uh, the goal is that through a safe and productive learning environment, these individuals can gain some necessary soft skills, workforce development, uh, mental health resources, medical aid, things like that to help them become productive members of society and try to deter them from uh, recidivism and or relapse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. So that's the vision. Thank you so much. Absolutely. That's so awesome. That is so awesome. Um, well, I just quickly want to thank you for being here. I it's think been that an honor. Your, your story honor. is impeccable. Um, whew, good job, Ray. Okay. Um, <laughs> so just a few little upcoming events. Well, just we just want to talk about our little scrub ball, right? Yeah, well, do you have any upcoming events? Absolutely. So uh, on April 14th, the Virgiwi Summit will be coming to Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, the Virgiwi Summit is a call to black men to get them to gather together, uh, particularly our youth who we know are uh, it, it, strictly ex uh, impacted by the murder and the crime rate right here in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Uh, so we wanna get them all together in one place at one time, April 14th. Just be looking for www.virgiwisummit.com and I'll be putting more information on my Facebook, IG, and all of that. Okay, and real quickly, awesome. what's your Facebook so they can oh, find yep, you? yep, my Facebook is Dana Brock. My IG is BrockDana.com. All right. Easy peasy. Thank <laughs> you. And then we have our first annual sneakers and scrub ball Saturday, May 6th from 5 to 9 at St. Stephen's Community Center, 1500 17th Avenue. The first 50 tickets are $20 on Eventbrite, and it does include entry, dinner, beverages, desserts, gift bags, and appetizers. All right. So Leslie will close us out with our words of encouragement. Yes. I just want to, again, reiterate. Thank you, Dana for sharing your story. Um, this was a good day. It's a good day because you are here to be transparent and help. You have helped so many people. So, you know, I just want to leave you guys with God is always working behind the scenes. Um, even when we're going through stuff and we don't realize it. Absolutely. Um, so Dana had to go through what he went through so he could be here right now to tell his story. And so yeah. just be encouraged. You know, we just want you guys to stay encouraged. Just, just be kind today. Um, and thank you again for being here. It's been an honor. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely.
All right. And you can find us on Instagram at Reyes Rays of Light underscore FDTN, Facebook at Reyes Rays of Light Foundation. You can email us at connect at Reyes Rays of Light dot info. And you can find us on our website at www.reyesraysalight.info. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank Leslie you. and I love you guys. We yes. appreciate you. We hope you took something from this. You guys are awesome. And thank you so much, Erica, for joining us yes. today thank and you, sharing God your little impromptu. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys. Have yes. a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Bye.